It's Brett McGarry with Hal Anderson. Hello. Filling in for Greg Mackling. Yes. This, I think there, there's a bit of a theme for this show that kind of just say, stumbled together. Are you this musical usually? <laughs> well, for me, the theme actually is is starstruck because, ah. for example, working with the 34th greatest Canadian of all time, the man who inspired me wow. to get into radio. Yeah, there's that's that. cool. Cool for me as well. Guns N' Roses, of course, is in town tonight. Every, yep. uh, there's going to be thousands of people who are starstruck. Mm-hmm. Chris Jericho is joining us at 1.30. Big star. Big star, indeed. At 2 o'clock, we're going to talk to the legendary Bob Irving. He hates it when you talk to talk about him like that, though. Bob is a big star, though. Yep. Both, of, both of us will be starstruck off the news at 2. At 2.30, we're going to talk to a guy from Bristol, England, who was rather starstruck by a woman from Winnipeg. Yes. If you uh, happened to be in Bristol, England three weeks ago and met a guy named Matt, he's trying to find you. So we're going to hear his story at 2.30. <laughs> this is a great story. You've got to tune in for that. <laughs> then at 3 o'clock, we're going to talk to Our Lady Peace. Wow. And so look at that. Yeah. How this all came together. No and kidding. Right now, we're going to talk to another star. He's the one of the co-stars of... Power Mornings with Philly, Joe, and Randy on Winnipeg's Rock Power 97. It's Phil Aubrey. Philly joins us to talk about Guns N' Roses at Investors Group Field. Phil, you're going to GNR tonight, right? Have you ever seen them before? I have never seen Guns N' Roses. Never? Never in my life. This is a huge moment for me tonight. I will say, however... That, you know, for a long time, you guys will both know this. The deal was, you know, Guns N' Roses is never going to get back together. Right. This is never going to happen. I remember uh, it was Axel said back in the day, like, someone's going to have to die, either myself or Slash, for this reunion to ever happen. And yeah. then Slash went out and said, stop thinking about it. Stop talking about it. It's not going to happen. I always said, and I'm not putting myself over, but I always said there's too much money involved in yeah. a Guns N' Roses reunion. It will happen someday, mark my words. And I started to wonder, you know, because yeah. it took longer than I thought. But here we are, and yeah, I, I can't wait. I, I grew up on this band. Yeah, it's it's going to be amazing. I've never seen them live either. Although it is a band I would love to see live, so I'm I'm sort of jealous. I as I said, I had a pair of tickets. I gave them away on social media <laughs> to try and build up my Instagram uh, followers. So there you go. Welcome to 2017. You're a good man. Huh? I am. I am. But somebody will enjoy the show on me tonight, so that's great. But you can tell us all about it when it's over. I I absolutely will. And. and we're hearing like three-hour shows in other markets. Great wow. reviews. Like they're not, they're not doing this. You know, uh, they're not. Uh, you're, if there's a song you want to hear, you're going to hear it tonight. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're not phoning it. it well, that's right, phoning it, and that's the phrase I was looking for. We talked to Alan Cross yesterday, uh, just about music in general, and he mentioned that Guns and Roses. He cited Guns and Roses as an example. He said last year they made forty-four million dollars. And of that $44 million, only 600000 came from record sales. The rest came from their right. touring. Yeah. So this just yeah. said and hits the nail on the head with what you said. That's why There's all too much money involved. That's why they're all doing it now, right? Yeah. You have to tour. You have to do it big. I like that you talked to Alan Cross one day and then me the next. Wow, like, you don't need me in here. Well, he was talk. the opening. <laughs> You're the headliner. He was Come the, on, Philly. He was the Our Lady piece. <laughs> <laughs> Which will be good seeing those guys oh, again, too. Yeah, actually, just talking to some people around the office, and the original plan was to pregame somewhere, but then we thought, let's go see OLP. Yeah. That's a great Canadian band mm-hmm. right there. You know, you can uh, mingle throughout the concourse at IGF and then check out uh, Our Lady Peace, and the, the big boys come on later. Yeah, Is this true? I've heard uh, a couple of the Guns N' Roses shows have been early. They've st- Not like an hour late or two hours late. <laughs> They've actually started some shows early. It's almost like a senior's dinner at 4.30. <laughs> you know? 
It's like we're at Perkins. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I, I have, too bad I didn't get the seniors discount on the tickets, by the way. But uh, no, I have heard that too. Like yeah. uh, back in the old Axel days. Right. Uh, he, was, he might not show. Right. You don't even know. It's a roll of the dice. But uh, no, they're going on as like Our Lady Peace on at seven o'clock. And then we're thinking no later than nine for Guns N' Roses. And when mm. you're doing a three hour show, which they have done in some markets, I guess you better get on yeah. by at least nine. So yeah, they're on time. So don't uh, yeah. don't linger thinking Axel's going to be late. Yeah. Have you done another stadium show in Winnipeg? ACDC? Yeah. Do you like the feel of a stadium show, or would you rather be in an arena? Or I'm not so sure I'm sold on big stadium shows. I like the stadium show. You do, and right? I like There's something about the energy of that many people in one place and the outdoor factor of it, and especially if it's going to be a nice night. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really like the buzz of an outdoor show. It feels big. I remember I uh, was at... Who did Axel Rose pair up with? Was it ACDC? Yeah. Didn't he break his leg? He, and yes. I think he, like, right when they were about to start their tour and he had to do his show in, in a chair with his leg sort of up. In Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters. In a Which chair. is the way I watch TV now, by the way. <laughs> Just so you know. Hal wanted to bring his recliner to yeah, the Guns N' Roses. Right. They wouldn't let me. That's so why I said, I'm giving going. my tickets away. <laughs> but yeah, he had to use Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters, had a chair made because he got hurt, and Axel wound up using it for uh, one of his shows. So yeah, small world, the rock world, but yeah. So it sounds to me like Axl Rose, the who was once a diva, sounds like he's come around and has grown up a little bit and put his big boy pants on. Perhaps. I figure it was just like when him and Slash decided to do this again, I'm assuming there were some ground rules. And being on time would have been probably number one from Slash because he hated that stuff. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, for this to happen, I think you're right. He had to grow up a little bit. I'm assuming he's not... At this point, he's still not the greatest human being in the world to deal with creatively. I'm just going to go on a limb and assume yeah. that. But, yeah, he had to clearly uh, uh, get him get himself straight if this was going to work, a reunion of this magnitude. So if Phil had a bucket list of shows you had to see before you died, you just said this is your first yeah. chance to see The Gunners live. Mm-hmm. What other bands would you want to see before you die, Phil, as I wow. get really depressing on the show here? <laughs> It's really got morbid. <laughs> Do you know something? I, you've been talking to my doctor. Um, I got lucky and saw Black Sabbath recently. Oh, they, cool! They were on my list. Yeah. I, you know, this is. I, I almost feel embarrassed to say this. I've never seen the Rolling Stones. Really? Never. And not I, even here in Winnipeg when they even, were here. Right? I missed out. I, I don't know how many, if we'll ever see them in Winnipeg again. I might have yeah. traveled to see them because I would love to see them. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we'd all love to see Led Zeppelin. Yeah. You know, that still yeah, always yeah. lingers. Yeah. Would that ever be a huge tour if they ever yeah. decided to do it? Uh, that would be one of them. Hmm. There's a, there's a few of them out there. I'll tell you something really sad, and I have said this on the air at CGOB, and I'll, I'll tell you now. Um, my favorite concert, of all the concerts I've seen, and I've seen some great concerts in my rock radio days, my favorite concert, Bette Midler, Michael Bublé, <laughs> close, <laughs> Michael Bublé, and I'm sorry you admit that, but you know what? I have very eclectic music taste. Yeah, but it is it. It's about many things, and you can go and see a great band, and it can be a terrible show. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know what I right. mean? Yeah. So I'm not a real big live concert kind of guy, anyhow. But yeah, Michael Bublé would be the top on my list. Was that a no, let me, Was that a Christmas Bublé show or just a standard Bublé show? You, you mean the one I watch every year on TV? No, it was the uh, one here in Winnipeg okay. at, the, at the at the new uh, arena. Because I would love to see the Buble Christmas special yeah. live, too. But mm-hmm. I, I, I'm sure the guy puts on a great show. No, yeah. I, don't, I won't judge yeah. that, Al, yeah. I swear. Well, and Shania's touring again. Yeah. I'm kind of excited about that. I mean, I you know, that. that's why I was 
put out to pasture over here. <laughs> That's why you're not doing rock radio. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, have fun tonight, Philly. I I absolutely can't wait. And uh, yeah, it's it's they're gonna they're gonna shake the foundations of IG Field for sure. One more question uh, before we wrap it up here, Phil. Do you have any, do we have any idea what kind of a show they're gonna put on as far as like uh, all the bells and whistles they're bringing with them? Do you know? Lots of pyro. Big stage setup. That's what I've seen on YouTube and what yeah. I hear. Okay. But uh, otherwise, yeah, pretty pretty standard. It's pretty standard stadium nothing, rock fair. Explosions nothing, and yeah. plenty. Good. Yeah, you won't be able to hear it work tomorrow. <laughs> Good. <Yeah. laughs> Philly, thank you, pal. Thanks, guys. Philly from Power Mornings with Philly Joe and Randy on Winnipeg's Rock Power 97. He's excited to go. And, I mean, we gave away Guns N' Roses yeah. tickets uh, on this uh, station last week. You guys were lucky. You guys were giving away Guns N' Roses tickets. And on Hal Anderson weekends, I was giving away boxes of macaroons and bags of ice, which melted before people got here. I'm kidding. We have some nice prizes, too. But I was jealous, though. You guys were giving away some great prizes. And so I had this idea when I, I knew I was going to be Greg Mackling today. I said to Brett, hey, why don't I phone some of these people and find out if uh, there are some uh, live wires out there that are maybe really pumped about going to see the band. I called Dean, and he is going with Tammy. Here's a conversation we have with him. So, Dean, you won uh, tickets with Mackling and McGarry on CJOB, right? Yes. Sir. And you knew right away where the tickets were going. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I know if I didn't ask her, she would. Def- I would definitely hear about it. <laughs> so you guys are going together? You're going with your sister-in-law, Tammy? Yes. And you found out that this is actually on her bucket list? She really wanted to go see Guns N' Roses before she died? It's this big a deal? This is yes this is one of three concerts she wants to see she absolutely has to see what would have happened dean if you decided to take somebody else to the show <laughs> um well I, I i really don't want to find out but i probably would have heard about it for sure <laughs> is this a show that uh like did you try to win the tickets because you knew tammy wanted to go or do you want to no, just no no she told us she'd been telling us for weeks <laughs> for weeks if we have a chance so yeah all right let's talk to tammy put her on the line okay hold on here's tammy (laughs) hello tammy why is this such a big deal (laughs) it's from my childhood yeah what does the band mean to you why explain Uh, because i listened to it with all my friends and i really liked axel rose did you have a crush on axel back in the day oh yes yeah. Tammy, which album did you listen to? Which which was the album from your childhood? Appetite for Destruction. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Favorite song? Sweet Child of Mine. Yeah. Did you have any Guns N' Roses t-shirts or anything like that? Yes, and I forgot it at the lake. <laughs> what are you wearing tonight, then? I'm going to buy one. Yeah. So you seem kind of reserved, I'll be honest with you. I was thinking you'd be going crazy. You're going to see your oh, band. I'm, I'm nervous. I'm really oh, sorry. don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. <laughs> the shirt that you left at the lake, is this a shirt that you've had since your childhood? No, it's a shirt my daughter bought me for my birthday. Did you have any t-shirts when you were a kid? Yes, but they're all way too small. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I understand that. <laughs> Believe me. Did you have any posters of Axl Rose in your wall? Oh, yeah. What is it about Axel that uh, that you like or oh, liked? He's cute. Is he still cute, though? Yes. Wow. Okay. You're easy to please. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Tammy, have fun tonight. Oh, I'm going to.
Dean and Tammy. Going to see Guns N' Roses tonight at Investors yes. Field. Bucket list concert for Tammy. Bucket, I would imagine it's a bucket list concert. I mean, we heard Phil yeah. say he's never seen them. It's got to be a, this is a big deal for well, tens of thousands of people. And I think, too, Brett, you know, when you're in that setting, a stadium show, there is something about a stadium show. I'm not a terribly big fan of stadium shows. I saw the Stones here, but... It, 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 Philly's right. You know, you've got tens of thousands of people. You're all fans. It's loud. It's, you know, lots of pyro, and it's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah I remember uh, when ACDC played the stadium right next door to us here at Polo Park when the stadium yep. was still there, just kind of walking out of work, and I, it was so the stadium, uh, we were behind the stadium from where we are, and just seeing, like, fire erupting from over top of yeah. everything. I thought, yeah. oh, I kind of want to be in there yeah. now. Yeah, Well, a funny ACDC story back in my rock days. I remember being in the old arena, and Whole Lotta Rosie comes on, one of my favorite ACDC tunes. And, and all I remember is security telling me, uh, sir, you have to put the stool down. I literally had a stool in my hand and I was banging it on the side of the wall to Whole Lotta Rosie, right? Because <laughs> there is just something about certain, and ACDC is one of my favorite bands. There's just something about certain bands, certain songs that just, uh, yeah, they do. They take you somewhere else, right? It's do crazy. You, do you have a bucket list? Concert, 204-780-6868. What is the bucket list show for you? Maybe it's Guns N' Roses. Maybe you're going to the show tonight yeah. and you've got a story you want to tell us. Or maybe it's a completely different show. I don't know. Maybe you've already gotten your bucket list mm. show in in recent years. What would yours be, Brett? I don't know. I was trying to think about that. I used to go to all sorts of concerts when I was younger. They were all, but they were always like little shows. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think one of the biggest shows that I saw was at the concert bowl at the arena, and it was right. only like three thousand people. And that actually, maybe that's the show that turned me away from live music because it was I Mother Earth and Moist. They were playing back to back, and uh, I used to always go into the mosh pit, the mosh area where all the People would crowd surf and stuff. I'm too big to crowd surf. And apparently <laughs> yeah. someone else was too big to crowd surf because this guy comes flying at me Uh-oh. and his boot lands squarely on my face. Ouch. My nose, ble- I, I still don't know how I didn't break my nose, but I bled all over the place. And that was, I think, the last live show I went to where I went anywhere near the stage. I never understood that whole pit thing. Do they still do that at concerts now? I haven't been. There will a... be some of that tonight for sure. I'm sure there will be. Yeah. I, I I haven't been to a concert with <laughs> a, a pit of, for a, a long time. A bunch of 50, 60-year-old people getting <laughs> <laughs> tossed around in the crowd, right? 204-780-6868. What is your bucket list concert? 204-780-6868. You can call us at that number or you can text us at that number. And, of course, you can email us, brett at cjob.com. I'm assuming hal at cjob.com. Yes, sir. Yeah. Your forecast is coming up next. Brett McGarry with Hal Anderson on 680 CJOB. Hal filling in for Greg Mackling for the next three days. Guns and Roses tonight. Bucket list concert for many people in this city. Al is at 204-780-6868. Al, what's your bucket list, Joe? Uh, well, I actually already saw two of my bucket list shows. It was it was actually both at the Burton Cummings Theater. Oh yeah. One was one was Primus, uh, like three four years ago. <laughs> oh, like uh, why known as Big Brown Beaver? Fair. <laughs> yeah, it was a really really good show. The only thing I didn't like about it is I hate catching bands at the end of the tour. And it was the second last show on the tour. So yeah, they're kind of. I would, and I would imagine Primus would have been pretty worn out at the end, eh? Yeah, I less people wasn't jumping around the stage like he usually does. But the best concert that I ever went to was Lamb of God at the Birch. So you like the hard, hard rock? He's hardcore, yeah. 
oh yeah, as heavy as it can get. And the best part of the concert was it was a week before they installed the air conditioning. Oh no! Oh, so, yeah, so it, it was hot in there. So you say that was the best part? Yeah. Well, it was the best concert. It wasn't the best part of the concert. Oh, okay. The best part of the concert was the concert itself. Yeah. But oh man, did it get warm in there? <laughs> okay. Al, hey, thanks for the call. We appreciated it. Two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. How we're getting a whole bunch of text messages? Yeah, here getting too. some uh, really good ones here at two zero four seven eighty sixty eight sixty eight. My husband and our daughter are going to GNR tonight. They share a love for this band. In fact, at her wedding, they chose an acoustic version of "Sweet Child of Mine" for the fall. Father-daughter dance. Uh, as far as bucket list concerts go, Tommy says Bruce Springsteen. Oh, that would be a huge show. Well, yeah. I mean, there are some that you just kind of have to see. Here are a couple others, too, that are, are really good ones. If you're a little older, Chuck Berry and Jerry Lee Lewis in Vegas saw them together in 1986. Cool. Wow. I didn't think they'd still be going in 86, but apparently. So that's kind of cool. Bucket list. Uh, getting a few here. You see, oh, Bieber. Somebody said uh, <laughs> Bieber. Come on. Springsteen, there's another Springsteen. Yeah, getting some uh, really good text messages at 204-780-6868. Oh, look at this. Somebody said, I too was not impressed with the crowd surfing at Moist. They're at the show that I was at. (laughs) (laughs) And they too have not returned to the floor. Uh, uh, Texter, do you have blood on your boot? (laughs) (laughs) We need to know if you're the one responsible for almost breaking Brett McGarry's nose. I I should have taken a mold. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so keep them coming 204-780-6868 you can email hal at cjob.com and it's brett at cjob.com right brett that is yeah, correct okay. and uh, one more text before yeah. we break for news saw guns and roses open for the cult so guns and roses was the opening band for the wow. cult in the old winnipeg arena that would have been a good show first time i walked out on an opening act oh, oh wow. my god Monster talent with monster egos to go along with it. I had a sense then that they wouldn't be together very long. Uh, That said, I love their music. Would have loved to see them tonight, as by all accounts, they are putting on a great show. Hey, we've got a couple people on the phone. Will they wait now uh, through uh, the break for us here? Is that what they'll do, or do you want to squeeze them in real quick? Well, you know what? Why don't you talk? I'll go read the news. Why don't you talk to them? I'll talk to them. Okay, so stay on the line, Ron and Guy. Stay on the line. And I'll break for news. And then after that, we're going to talk to, hopefully, talk to Chris Jericho. Brett McGarry with Hal Anderson filling in for Greg Mackling today, tomorrow, and Monday. And we've been talking about how the theme of the show today kind of ended up being about being a little starstruck. Yeah. I'm a little starstruck today. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons is our next guest. Welcome to Chris Jericho is in Winnipeg getting ready for the Words of Jericho, happening tomorrow night at Club Regent Event Center with guests Cyrus and Lance Storm. And Chris Jericho joins us live on 680 CJOB. Chris, thanks for taking some time to talk to us today. Uh, Are you going to Guns N' Roses tonight? Yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, I'm actually friends with a couple guys in the band, and we were just talking back and forth about how this coincidence of a how I have my show on Friday, and they have theirs on Thursday. And then the coincidence continued that we're actually staying in the same hotel <laughs> and on the same floor. So it's uh, it's pretty rock and roll around here this week, but it's going to be good, and I'm excited. It's a good weekend, or end of week, whatever you want to call it. 
So as far as music goes, before we get into anything else here, actually, I just want to play a quick clip of a song of yours because your music career continues to enjoy success. This is a clip of the song Judas from Chris's band Fozzie. So this is this the I mean I saw like eight million views on YouTube. Is this the yeah. the biggest song of your career so far? Yeah, by by far, man. The, the, those eight million views have been in the past four months too since it came out. The song is number one uh, in in the states. So it's just all across the board. It's been uh, really cool. And, and like Fozzie's had a lot of success, but when you have that hit song, like I said, like a number one song on rock radio, it just changes the entire landscape. So. Uh, it's a pretty good time right now, and it, it, it's pretty exciting where every day something new comes across the desk about, oh, you got nominated for this award, or, or there's 8 million views on YouTube, or, you know, you've you've gone from number three to number one, or whatever it may be. So uh, it, it's a pretty it's pretty cool. For whatever reason, that song just struck a chord, and we're getting ready to release the record in October and take advantage of all the buzz and momentum that we have. That's actually what I wanted to ask you about, Chris. You have done a great job of taking you know, wrestling and, and, and taking it in so many different uh, areas and you've had success with, you know, the music and, and, and now, you know, the words of Jericho. And was that a, a plan? Did you go into that saying, all right, we're going to do this and then we're going to do that. And this will kind of, you know, dovetail nicely into this, or was it just, Hey, great opportunities. Let's do them as yeah, they come. I'd like to be able to tell you there was some grand master plan and I'm not kind of a, of a genius, but it really, it really wasn't that way. It was just kind of like if one thing works and then something else, another opportunity rises, uh, then taking advantage of that. I mean, when I was a kid, I wanted to be in a rock and roll band and I wanted to be a wrestler. Those are kind of the two things that I wanted to do and just never really looked back. I never really listened to people that told me that I couldn't do something. So now when these opportunities come up, it's just like if I think that I can really do it and I think it's going to be something cool, then I'll do it and not really care uh, if people like it or don't like it, if I believe in it and I think I can make it work, uh, nine times out of ten, that's that's exactly what what happens. Got to remind everybody, for, in case you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Chris Jericho. He is at Club Region Event Center tomorrow night. The words of Jericho with Cyrus and Lance Storm as special guests. Chris is a Winnipeg boy. He went to Red River, Creative Communications. Uh, fun fact, Hal, I actually, for my big Crecom, because I was in Crecom as well, for yeah, my big project, right. I actually did mine on Chris Jericho. Oh, cool. I don't know if you remember <laughs> that interview back in 2004, I think, Chris. You uh, did that? That's cool, right? On. Yeah, did you get a good mark. I, I did get a good mark. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Everybody was like, "You got Chris Jericho? That's awesome, man!" But uh, you know, you—I mean, uh, I've been a big wrestling fan for a long time. You're one of the best wrestlers there's ever been. But I think the, an argument could be made as well that your your true gift is your mind, your intellect. And how is it that you, after all those years of physical abuse in the ring, how did you protect from getting your bell rung? Well, I mean, I don't think you can really protect it. It's just, you know, so it's just like if you play hockey or football, you know, sometimes it happens. And I just was very lucky that uh, that I never really had too many problems. I, I kind of had a little bit of a reputation in wrestling that I never got hurt. Uh, Pat Patterson, one of Vince's right-hand men, and kind of my mentor calls me the hockey puck because he says you can't break. You can't break a hockey puck. And I'm like, well, you're not from Winnipeg. where Hockey pucks break all the time because it's minus 40 outside. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I had that reputation of never getting hurt. And I did rely a lot on, on my mind throughout my career because even when I started, I knew that 
I might never, uh, I'll never be the biggest guy on the show, but I can be the most charismatic and have the best character. And I think that's something that's continued on to, to this day of just like, when you have a connection with the crowd and a connection with the audience, no matter what it is that you're doing, people will always continue to pay to see you and, and come watch your work. And whether that's wrestling or music, or, or like you said, you know, my podcast talk is Jericho or doing these words of Jericho shows, or, you know, I have my fourth book comes out on Tuesday as well. Um, writing is something I love to do. So I just think that, like I said, like I just, I always kind of consider myself to be a brand rather than just a wrestler or just a musician. I kind of wanted to just kind of, have Chris Jericho be synonymous with, with quality projects and entertainment. And that's kind of why I do so many things because it's all part of being an entertainer. I'm like a modern day vaudevillian performer or something like that. And, you know, here you are again, taking my hand and, and leading me to my next question, because I wanted to ask you what kind of an impact Winnipeg had on you growing up. How much credit does Winnipeg get for the success of Chris Jericho now? Well, one thing I, I'm never cold. Is one thing I, ever. Yeah. Ever no kidding. You know, I live in Florida now, and it's, you know, it gets to be like you know 50 degrees or something, and people are freaking out and putting on parkas, and I'm like, are you kidding me? You guys have no <laughs> idea what cold really is. But I think too, like, um, I talked about this with a couple of my other friends. That there's actually a couple guys from Winnipeg that played in Slash's band, um, uh, the Conspirators, before the Guns N' Roses reunion. We talk a lot about that. Like, what is it about Winnipeg? I think it toughens you up a bit mentally. Because it's so far off the radar, you know, I think if you grew up in a Toronto or Vancouver or New York or something, it's probably easier to get into entertainment or easier to get your name out there. When you, when you live in Winnipeg, you've got to try a little bit harder and travel a little bit farther to, to make these things happen. So um, that could have something to do with it. But I also, I love Winnipeg. I'm very proud of growing up here. And I love coming coming back here. I really do, whether it's with Fozzie, whether it's WWE or now doing the Words of Jericho show. You know, because, I mean, it's a great city, and I found it's really grown over the last few years to be kind of a really kind of a cool place. Like, there's a great uh, area, Osborne Village is always a lot of fun to go hang out at. And just, I think the city, it seems like once the Jets came back, when the Jets left, um, being an outsider living outside of Winnipeg, it seemed like, like the heart of Winnipeg was ripped out. And then when the Jets came back, it seemed like there was a lot of spark in the city again. And it's, 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 it's a great city to come and hang out in. And, and um, you know, I just I really think that, that a lot of what I've accomplished is because I grew up in a great town that really appreciated entertainment. It's always a great wrestling town. It's always a great rock and roll town. And I was able to grow up with both of those influences. Um, so, I, I, like I said, I think it's a great place to grow up. And it's a great place to come back and hang out for, for a few days for sure as well. As far as rock and roll goes, Chris, didn't you host something called the uh, the Metal Hammer Golden Gods Awards? Yeah, that's actually over in England. I've hosted that uh, two years uh, in a row. And then I hosted uh, another show here called the Golden Gods Awards. Uh, that's now changed to the Loudwire Awards. That's something, I, that's something that I do. I actually hosted the Classic Rock Awards with Jimmy Page and Brian May in attendance, which was uh, pretty intimidating at that point. But it's another thing that, that you know, once again, I know how to connect with an audience. I know how to, how to run a show. And it's not easy to host an award show. And there's been people that have, you know, whenever I do it, it's like, oh, so-and-so hosted last year. And man, it didn't go very well. Because there's a certain art form to it. And once you can figure it out, that's another thing that I enjoy doing as well. And have a little bit of a reputation for it. I think the one guys, the guys were calling me the uh, Billy Crystal 
of the Golden Gods Awards and not like Billy Crystal hosted the, <laughs> the Oscars like eight years in a row. So I'm the Billy Crystal of heavy metal. There's your tagline. Chris Jericho, the, the Billy Crystal of rock and roll. <laughs> How many people are listening to your podcast now? That That's the one, of, out of everything you have done and do, Chris, that's the one that blows me away. One of the biggest podcasts out there right now. Yeah, man, it really is. And, you know, that's, once again, not exaggerating. It's one of the top podcasts in the world uh, for any genre. And I think we're over 210 million views or downloads at this point um, in just uh, about four years. And, I mean, the, the reason for that is it's like I know what it's like to get asked the same dumb questions all the time. I know what it's like to have an interview that's not fun. So, sorry sorry like. about all the same dumb questions, by the way. <laughs> no, you guys are great. You guys are great. <laughs> I can tell. I'm, I'm into it. When you're engaged, time just flies. But I think when, when people do my show, they have a great time. And just to, 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 to exemplify that is that I had – uh, this morning, uh, Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses did his first and only interview since the Guns N' Roses reunion with me for, 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 for my show. And I shouldn't even say interview because it's not an interview. It's just a conversation. And that's why the show works. So we just go and have fun and tell knock-knock jokes and do whatever the hell we want to do. And I thought that was pretty cool. Like of all the people in all the places, and everybody wants to talk to Guns N' Roses. And the only interview he's done is with me. I thought that was a pretty, uh, you know, it's kind of a little feather in, in my cap as well. Absolutely. Because my show was fun, and that's the idea behind it. So tomorrow night, the words of Jericho at Club Region Event Center. What can people expect when they go to the casino to see Y2J? Once again, it's, it's, I don't do a lot of these shows, but it just seems like I've done, it's, like, it's, it's international. I've done England, Ireland, Australia, uh, United States, and now Canada. And, and basically, it's, it's, it's a one-man show. It's the classic one-man show of just me going up and telling stories from my career. If you've read any of my books, you'll know some of the stories, and some of them are new. But it's just a lot of fun. I think um, you learn to, to, to tell stories when you've been doing this as long as I have. And I think people like hearing kind of the behind the scenes of some of these things. And, um, you know, it's a lot of it's, – it's fun. It's, 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 it's comedy, man. You know, it's just it's being on – like I said, just connecting. If you connect, you'll always have a good show. So I'm really excited about it. And uh, I think it's almost sold out. And that's not, once again, some kind of exaggeration. I think there's literally like only a few dozen tickets left. So um, it's going to be packed. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be a lot of fun, lots of laughs. And uh, Lance and Cyrus are going to open the show, do a little set of their own. And it's just it's just a good time. Like I said, it, it makes people laugh and puts a smile on their face. And that's just uh, another thing that I enjoy to do. Well, tickets start at $35 if you are interested in going to see the words of Jericho. I mean, Chris, uh, you're just such an outstanding Winnipeg success story. You're, one, like I said, one of the best wrestlers ever. You're a great rock performer. I saw you guys perform at, I uh, can't remember if it was Cowboys or the Coliseum, the Windsor Park Inn, whatever it was called at the time. You're a great band. Yeah, yeah that was a while ago, man. That was fun. That was, so we'll, have to, we'll have to come back to town. Uh, we haven't played in Winnipeg for a while, so I'll have to come back and rock it. All right. Well, hey, Chris Jericho, thanks for joining us today, and uh, enjoy the concert tonight and have fun tomorrow. Should be fun, man. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. All right. Chris Jericho, Winnipeg's own Chris Jericho, the words of Jericho happening tomorrow night at Club Region Event Center with Cyrus and Lance Storm. And again, the show, uh, the VIP event starts at 6, doors for the show open at 7, and then the show starts at 8 o'clock. And again, tickets start at 35 bucks at Club Region Event Center. He's got it right. He absolutely has it dead on. You have to be a brand, right? Whatever you do, make it a strong brand and get it out there so people can buy it. Yeah. And yeah. he's a, he's 
Like when I think about just wrestlers who have sort of diversified, yep. other than The Rock, mm-hmm. I don't know that I can think of one. Not okay, many. Maybe Hulk Hogan. Yeah. I mean, because Hulk Hogan was just such a huge name. Mm-hmm. But uh, since in the from the WWF WWE Attitude Era. Yeah. The Rock and Chris Jericho have branched yep. out the most. He does still appear from time to time in wrestling. I think he actually made an appearance on SmackDown just last month. So uh, I was gonna. That was one of the. We didn't have time. I was gonna ask him how he feels about wrestling now because it's certainly different than when uh, you know he was at the peak in that biz, right? Yeah, it's different now. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I, I was so nervous to to fall down a avoid falling down a wrestling rabbit hole that I didn't even, yeah, didn't don't even, go. even go there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Hal. <laughs> no, that's all right. 148 on 680 CJOB. We're going to check your forecast. And then we, we, Hal took a couple of phone calls yeah. about bucket list concerts. So we'll hear those after we check your forecast up next. Brett McGarry with the 34th greatest Canadian of all time, Hal Anderson, filling in for Greg Mackling. And we were talking about bucket list concerts earlier. Yeah. And Hal spoke with Ron. So the one I want to see, I've seen uh, two out of three so far. I've seen uh, Celine Dion and Cher. And, uh, of course, uh, next year I'm going to try and get tickets to see Shania Twain. Yes. Do you like her new song? I really like her new song. Oh, yeah, I do. And I've, I've seen her on TV and uh, never seen her perform, have all her, all her music, and uh, I would just love to go. Yeah, life's about to get... Yeah, life's about to get good. Really good song. Ron, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Have a good day. And is it Guy or Gee on the phone? Uh, prefer Gee. Gee. What about you? Your bucket list concert you would like to see? Well, it's actually not a single concert. It is, uh, it's actually a cruise, and they've started doing them for about four or five years. They are called Cruise to the Edge. And it's a one-week-long cruise ship adventure leaving Florida. You go wherever the cruise ship goes for a week, and it's progressive rock music. And it, the boat has nothing but fans and bands, and the bands all mingle with the fans for the whole week-long excursion. And you can catch probably 15 to or 25 to 30 bands. Oh, cool. And, and it's nothing but music. For the whole cruise, uh, that's my bucket list. That sounds like fun. What kind of bands? Uh, progressive rock. Uh, uh, bands I'd probably name you wouldn't know. Uh, yeah, Marillion. so newer newer bands. Well, no, actually, my favorite band, Marillion, like they've been around since 1985. I've heard of them, yeah. Yeah, but bands in the genre, perhaps of Pink Floyd, Genesis, uh, Yes. Yeah. Yes have been on this concert. Uh, Marillion's been on it. Cool, but uh, just a host of just tremendous musicians, and and they're supposed to be just sold right out as soon as the tickets go on sale, and it's supposed to be great. But I won't hold you. All right, Guy, and you know, actually, a lot of these bands now they're doing that, right? They're doing the cruise ships because they can make lots of money doing it, and so they're out there doing it. A lot of these bands that were big at one point are doing the cruise ships now. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Guy. Okay. Have a good day. Hal, we got a text here. I, I just, <laughs> this is blowing my mind. So I mentioned earlier that I was at, this wasn't a bucket list show, but I, yeah. I was at uh, I Mother Earth and, and Moist. Moist. They played the concert bowl at the old Winnipeg Arena in the late 1990s. I don't know exactly when. And I told the story of how I was in the, the pit and there's people crowd surfing. Usually I'm one of the people who does, who ha- I yeah. can't, I'm too big to be yeah. a crowd surfer, right. but yeah. I'm one of the people. You're who, helping the others yeah. surf. And I throw the, you know, the little teen, teeny boppers as they go along. And uh, 
I got a boot to the face. Somebody landed square on my face, and I bled like a stuffed pig. And somebody texted saying, I was at that I Mother Earth Moist concert with my ex-girlfriend. She snuck a camera in and took photos, of course, mostly of the bands, but she took some pics of the mosh pit, and one had a man with a bleeding nose. Come on. I wonder if it was you. It had to be. Must have been. If you if you're send listening, can you send the picture to Brett at cjob.com? <laughs> I know you said it was funny. your ex girlfriend. How but if... random would that be if the guy <laughs> you bleeding all over the place <laughs> from the late nineties? <laughs> that's unbelievable. I can't believe you remember that. Oh, that's funny. Um, and uh, as far oh, he was talking about that cruise. Have you ever been on a cruise ship? Never done a cruise. Uh, it was interesting when we had the eclipse on Monday. Mm-hmm. Bonnie Tyler was on a cruise ship singing when the eclipse was on. What was her song called? Total, Total Eclipse, eclipse of the Heart. Heart. Yeah. Yeah. But no, but a lot of bands are doing that now. They make really good money. They do these fan cruises. Mm-hmm. They go out and, yeah, they make lots of glue and uh, everybody has a great time. You know that song, I think, shot to number one on iTunes, Total Eclipse of the Heart, this week? Sure. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Uh, we're going to pause, and then after Global News at 2 o'clock, we are going to speak with Bob Irving, who will tee up the Winnipeg Blue Bomber game tonight, kickoff at 6.30, pregame at 4 o'clock, a supersized pregame show starting at 4, which means no the news with Richard Cloutche right. and Julie Buckingham. Hey, uh, by the way, new guy here wants to know, are we giving away the Jericho tickets, or how's that going to work? Oh, yes. Thank you for the, for reminding me. My God. What? Okay. I'm just following along here, so no, I don't know. Yeah, just, you have a better memory than I do, Hal. No, I appreciate that. <laughs> we need you to answer this this question. Okay. It's a simple one. All right. If you know what Chris Jericho's real name is, call us at 204-780-6868. What is Chris Jericho's real name? If you know the answer, you could be going to see The Words of Jericho tomorrow night at Club Region Event Center with Cyrus and Lance Storm. What is Chris Jericho's real name? 204-780-6868. Global News at 2 o'clock is up next. Brett McGarry with Hal Anderson filling in for Greg Mackling for the next couple of days. And before we move on to our next topic, just want to quickly congratulate Dale Sawchuck, who is going to see Chris Jericho. Behold the true sexy boy! (laughs) (laughs) One of my favorite clips of Jericho from his time in WWE. Winnipeg's own Chris Jericho performing tomorrow night at Club Region Event Center, The Words of Jericho. And Dale knew the knew the answer to the trivia question. It was a simple one. What's Chris Jericho's real name? Yeah. Do you know what it is? No, then? I don't. It's Chris Irvin. Ah. The son of Ted Irvin, so hockey he, player. Well, of course. Yeah, so he did. I thought maybe he changed his whole name, but Chris was actually his name. Yep. Mm, so, interesting. There you go. So congratulations, Dale. Saw Chuck going to see Chris Jericho tomorrow night. Happening tonight, Hal. Yes. Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Bombers, and uh, on the phone to talk with us about it from beautiful downtown Montreal is Bob Irving. Hello, Bob. Hi, you guys. Chris Irvin took the CRECOM course at Red River. Did you know that? We talked about that, yes. Okay, yeah. yeah he, same course as I did, uh, Creative Communications. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, so, uh, he's stockpiled a little more cash than you and I have. Right? I think yeah. he's done a little bit better than I have. Yeah, that's uh, that's yeah, a safe bet. That's for sure. Yeah, no, it's a great story. We had a, a great conversation with him, and we're looking forward to chatting with you now, Bob, because yeah. while Guns N' Roses uh, and Jericho, by the way, is going to Guns N' Roses tonight, big Guns N' Roses show in town, but, of course, the Bombers are in action against the Owls tonight, and um, Shadow this morning had uh, one of the newspaper guys from Montreal on saying that even at this point, he's not sure what the Owls are all about. Uh, We should win this one tonight, right, Bob? 
Well, you say we should win or the Bombers should win. I don't know about that, Hal. I don't know that any team ever should win, yeah. uh, especially in the CFL this year. Montreal, for all their ups and downs, has beaten Calgary. They're the only team that's done that. True. And they had the Bombers in a world of hurt a month ago, as you'll recall. They were ahead of Winnipeg 40-28 to 28 with 100 seconds left, and then the Bombers staged that miracle comeback. Herb yeah. Zerkowski's the writer you talked about. And he's right about the Alouettes. They're three and five. They've played some outstanding football, but then they've had some real clunkers. They got beat 36-8 by Toronto last Sunday in Toronto. So they've been a very, very erratic team. And I guess if you look at it on on paper, the Bombers, if they play as well as they've been playing, should win the game. But Montreal's three and one at home. The best football they've played has been here at Molson Stadium. They've been really bad, 0 and four on the road. So I think you have to take that into consideration. And the, the other thing is they're coming off that uh, embarrassing game in Toronto. They will be extremely uh, fired up tonight. They remember blowing that game in Winnipeg. So, you know, there's some intangibles that I think the Owls have going for them. They have a very good defense. And, again, you wouldn't know it from the way they played Toronto last weekend. But their defensive stats are among the best in the Canadian Football League. So, I don't take them lightly at all. I really don't. I, you know, I like the Bombers' chances every time they play now because they're playing so well. Uh, but this Montreal team is no pushover. Yeah. Hey, uh, Shadow hinted at a, at a bigger issue this morning when he was talking to the newspaper guy from Montreal saying, you know, we don't like to see uh, the teams in the East playing so poorly and the crowds aren't what they were, especially in, in Montreal, uh, you know, back to the days of Calveo and, and uh, you, you know, a better record. Are you at all worried, Bob, about these teams and, and maybe, you know, one or more of the teams disappearing if this kind of play and, and crowds continue in the East? Well, first of all, Hal, I don't think any teams will ever disappear. You know, people always sort of talk in those terms when, when there's troubles. But right. when was the last time a team in the Canadian Football League disappeared? You can't even name one mm. uh, except those American teams. And that was another story altogether. However... I agree with you, Hal. It's troublesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, Montreal used to attract 22,000, 23,000 to Olympic, sta- Olympic Stadium, to uh, Molson Stadium all the time. Uh, they're hard-pressed to get 20,000 for a game now. Attendance is strong in Hamilton and Ottawa, even though those teams aren't very good. At least it is for now. But Toronto's been a disaster this year with their move to BMO Field. And with the Argos, you just wonder how much longer the owners will put up with that because it doesn't appear to be improving there. It appears to be getting worse. And those things are troublesome for the league. They have to be. And I've been around the league a long time, and and I care about it. And when I see these things, it bothers me. I'm not sure what the answer is. Here in Montreal, it's just a matter of winning. I think they got spoiled here with all those great years they had with uh, Calvillo and Mark Trespin and that gang. I think they'll be okay here as long as – here's the, ca- the caveat uh, – Hal, as long as the ownership, and it's Bob Wettenhall here, he's owned the team for over 10 years, and as long as he's prepared to go along, break even, lose a couple of million every year, there'll never be a problem. If he gets tired of that, then who's going to jump in and own the team? And the same question in Toronto. They've got, you know, deep-pocketed owners right now, but if they lose five or six or seven million dollars every year, how long will they go along with that? So are there some concerning signs? For sure there are. In the East, there's none in the West. Uh, and Randy Ambrosi, the new commissioner, th- that will be his primary uh, priority is to is to get things straightened away in Toronto, 
in particular with the ownership. In terms of the competitive part of it, Hal, I can't explain that. The teams in the West have been better than the teams in the East for years now. And there's no significant reason for that other than they're operating the teams more successfully and and more smarter. Um, You know, there's a salary cap in this league. There's no advantage if you had a ton of money that you could go out and buy players because you can't do that. There's a salary cap, and it's enforced. So the teams in the West are just just sharper. Bob Irving is our guest. He joins us live from Montreal. Winnipeg Blue Bombers taking on the Montreal Alouettes tonight at 6.30. Pre-game is at 4 o'clock. And, Bob, isn't that funny how that happens in sports sometimes where a particular conference in whatever league it is will sort of establish its domination over the other conference for a series of years? It almost becomes like like a conference kind of dynasty. I mean, I know that's happened a lot in the NBA where the West is far superior than the East in many years. Yeah, these things are cyclical, Brett. I, I subscribe totally to that theory, and we've seen it in all sports over the last 30, 40, 50 years for sure. And, and so you could explain what's going on in the CFL to some degree through through that. Uh, but I, I think it runs a little bit deeper. I just think the teams in the West uh, operate in a, in a better way than the ones in the East have. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, – I mean, if I was a fan – in Ottawa, Ottawa's two six and one, and chances are they'll finish first in the East with a record of eight and what eight nine and one. Well, that wouldn't excite me as a fan, you know, knowing that they're a first place team with a losing record. Yeah. I think that's a tough sell, and it's I think it's a problem for the league. I really do. Well, we should get your comment on on breaking CFL news this afternoon. Ken Austin uh, out as head coach of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. He is still the VP of football operations, and right. he appointed uh, June Jones to take over coaching duties. What are your thoughts there? But something had to happen there, right? Yeah, they're zero and eight, and I think we were all waiting for the shoe to drop. Uh, when we were in Hamilton, Hal, a couple of weeks ago, that I was hearing from people around the team that Kent Austin had lost his players and that's the kind of talk you hear when a team is going as badly as the uh, the Ticats have been and still are Uh, so I guess the ownership there my guess is Austin did not step aside willingly I'm sure the ownership there said we just can't go on like this and the fact that uh, Austin may have lost his players uh, has some validity to it so I wasn't surprised when they brought June Jones in. You could see you could see something. That brewing. was the plan, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, Bob, but I've said this to you before, and and uh, you know I, I don't know what's going to happen tonight. You're right. We can't just uh, you know uh, mark this off as an automatic win. But this team has gotten better over the last few games, especially. Um, they can come back and win if they have to. They can go out in front and hang on. I it just It's a great team this year. People are excited about the Bombers. Well, and understandably, Hal. You know, and they've won four games in a row, so I think they've sort of created this aura with the fans in Winnipeg who are so hungry for a championship team that it's even hard to put into words. They've mm-hmm. created this aura that nobody's ever going to beat them again. Well, I think that's probably a little bit unrealistic. Uh, you know, defensively, they still give up a lot of yards, more yards than they probably should if they're going to be a championship team. So I'm not trying to be negative here, Hal. I'm just trying to lay it out for you. Uh, I like the, I like this Bomber team. I like it a lot. And yeah. what I like most about it is it scores a lot of points. They've scored an average of 33 points a game, which is really, really good. Yeah. And that's why they're as successful as they are. 
they need to tighten up defensively. I tell you what, if they come up with one of those real solid team efforts and a win tonight in a tough place to win, again, Montreal's 3-1 and one here at home this year, that will be just another uh, sort of sliver of proof that the Bombers really, really have something going for them. All right, Bob Irving, we're going to let you get back to preparations for the pregame show tonight. Thanks for joining us, sir. Okay, guys. Bob Irving joining we'll us listening. live from four Montreal. Yep. Pregame show, 4 o'clock, kickoff at 6.30. So that means no Richard Cloutier and Julie Buckingham. Why Now, why are they here, though? That's what I don't understand. Why are they here today? Well, this they would gotta, be, I would be home watching uh, Young and Restless or something. <laughs> got to put them to work somehow. They can't but just what are get they a free day on? off. They have no show. What are they working on? I don't know. Somebody should. I don't think they're working on anything. Somebody <laughs> needs to go out there and find out what they're working on. <laughs> Okay. And I'm not going to do it. <laughs> That's your job. <laughs> okay, I'll go have a peek. 204 780 is the number if you want to text us any score predictions. Last uh, week we had some some wild score predictions. I know somebody predicted Edmonton 61-9 to oh, wow. over the Bombers. So that was a little wrong. I think this could be an easy I, This could be an easy game for the Blue tonight. Yeah. We'll see. I think it might be uh, you know a bit of a running up the score on our part. We'll see. Well, if you agree with Hal, let us know. 204 780 We're going to check your forecast up next. So we gave away those Chris Jericho tickets, Hal. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Dale Sawchuk was the winner. He called. The question was, what is Chris Jericho's real name? The answer is Ted, or Chris, Ted Irvin. That's his dad. Chris Irvin. Yes. And then he called us back and said, oh, you know what? My wife reminded me that we have tickets to the Phantom of the Opera tomorrow oh, night. Oh, yes. So Dale can no longer go to that see Chris Jericho. we're giving them away again. We're giving away the Y2J Perfect. tickets again. So once again, in case you're just tuning in, Chris Jericho, tomorrow night at the Words of Jericho Club Region Event Center with Cyrus and Lance Storm. And we came up with a new question. Who was Chris Jericho's... Oh, and I'm going to have to tell Savannah what the answer is. Uh, Who was Chris Jericho's first match against in the WWE? Here's a hint. It was in Winnipeg. 204-780-6868 is the number to call. Again, who was Chris Jericho's first match against in the WWE right here in Winnipeg? Savannah, I'm just going to throw the name up into our little system here. You can see it. And And you were there. I was there. And it was interesting because The Rock was supposed to be the headliner. It was uh, like a Saturday afternoon. They call it a house show. So right. it's not one that is not televised. The Rock was supposed to be there, and The Rock was my favorite guy. So I was really excited to see the great one, the people's champion. But then they came out with uh, this, this BS story that The Rock... Uh, was unable to make it to Winnipeg because there was a terrorist situation at the Miami airport where he was coming <laughs> from and his plane didn't make it. It was just an elaborate scheme yeah. to make Chris Jericho the headliner, which actually ended up being super cool because sure. he's from Winnipeg mm-hmm. and his first performance in WWE outside of his televised uh, banter, his first match was here in Winnipeg. So mm. that, you need to know the answer to that, 204-780-6868. And if you know the answer, then you might be going to see Chris Jericho tomorrow night. I'm actually, I had a dilemma too. I was offered tickets for the Jericho show yeah. 
tomorrow, and I'm in the same boat as Dale. I'm going to see the Phantom tomorrow, but well, I'm, and, I'm, 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 how do you pick from that? It's tough. Yeah, that is a tough one. I, I think you've got to, well, I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say, I think you go with a Phantom, but that's because I, I was the driver last night for my wife and her mother, right? Yeah. So they went to Phantom opening night, and they said it was phenomenal. Yeah. And, I mean, the two of them just chatter back and forth after the show. It was it was great. It's it's. I think it's like two and a half hours. It it is a longer show. Yeah, know? yeah. But, gonna... but apparently the special effects are through the roof compared to past productions. And oh, good. Yeah, special effects. They said the chandelier is incredible. And yeah, so very very good show. That was what what got me when I saw it in Toronto. I was at the Pantages in its closing run. Uh, that was when. Paul Stanley was the Phantom, mm-hmm. although it wasn't him that night. It was uh, Standin or whatever they call it. Yeah, right. And uh, the so the, the if you've ever if you've never been to the Phantom, from what I remember, there it opens with this scene of people sort of just looking in like what looks like a warehouse where mm-hmm. there's this tarp over top of something, and they're talking about something that happened in the days of yore, a long time ago, and then the tarp. Pull, gets pulled away and the chandelier gets yanked up to the ceiling yeah. along with the music that burr, and uh that I was my jaw was on the floor for the yeah. next two and a half hours yeah. it was great I saw it uh, same as you in the I guess late 90s here saw it here um but I really uh, and I saw Les Mis Les Mis I, boy it's close but I like Les Mis yeah. more than than Phantom but by all accounts you were in for a good show tomorrow night, sir. And it's pretty incredible what they do with these, like, because w- when I saw it in Toronto, they essentially retrofitted that theater yeah. specifically for that show. But this is a touring show mm-hmm. where they, you know, they can't alter the f- the infrastructure of the building. No, but still incredible. From what uh, my wife and her mom said last night, just uh, amazing. And I think they've got a, I read they have a cast of 52 uh, and that includes orchestra. So it's really one of the biggest of all the Phantom productions that are touring right now. So yeah. we're lucky to get it. No, and it, Yeah, well, like when I saw Book of Mormon, I guess that was, was that earlier this year? That doesn't matter. When I recently saw Book of Mormon, mm-hmm. I was stunned at uh, just the level of production that goes into yeah. this. And I often make jokes on this show that I'm an uncultured lout. So that uh, they, these things are examples of why I am an uncultured lout, because I'm so surprised. <laughs> like, oh, look at the neat things they can do at the theater. Oh, how far you've come, though, Brett. Look, you picked uh, you picked Phantom of the Opera over Chris Jericho. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh, Savannah's telling me no one has oh. the answer. Okay. Nobody knows. we got to give a hint or what? Yeah, I have to give a hint. So, Chris, the question is, who is Chris Jericho's first match against in the WWE? It was right here in Winnipeg. He carries a nightstick. That should be hint enough. 204-780-6868. Hopefully somebody knows the answer. Got a couple of text messages here on the uh, bomber scores. So, Mick is predicting bombers 31-24. Durant is going to get knocked on his butt yeah. more than once. Right. Uh, another text from Sherry says uh, the wife's prediction is Winnipeg, Winnipeg 35, Montreal 24. That's interesting. Yeah. Two people back-to-back saying Montreal uh, 24. Hmm. Dave says Bombers 36-12. What do I win? <laughs> <laughs> what do I win? I took a stab. What do I win? Did I win something? 36-12. That's the, the two numbers I win. 
<laughs> Give me a prize. What do I win? Dean says Winnipeg 32, Montreal 17. Oh, so last the, the texture is way more optimistic this week because last week it was most of the yeah. texters were yeah. predicting well, bomber be, destruction. Right, because see, it was Edmonton, right, undefeated. I understand that, but yeah. I think, yeah, I think, I think it could be a bit of a route tonight. Yeah. I, I tend to agree. I'm going to go on the opposite end. I don't think they're going to lose, but I think it might end up being a lot closer than the Bombers mm. would like. Because the last one was, yeah. you know, 41-40. They had to pull that out well, just at the last yeah. second. And, sh- and in many ways, shouldn't have won that game. Yeah. You know, really, right? But they did. That's what happens when you're a w- when your things are going your way. You start yeah. winning those close team, games. Team is great this year, though. As I said to Bob, I'm just it's just such a great team this year. I, I feel like they're get they you know on defense they needed some work, and I think they're getting better. And I feel like that this team this year is in it. Even if they're behind at the end, I feel like they can come back and win it. Yeah, yeah. Coming up to two thirty after the two thirty news, we're going to tell you a story of a man from England who in England, in Bristol, England, three weeks ago, met a woman from Winnipeg. He can't remember her name, <laughs> and he reached out to 680 CJOB to try to help find her. This, so is, this is a good story. You've got to stick around for this. <laughs> That's coming up after yeah. Global News at 2.30. Brett McGarry with Hal Anderson filling in for Greg Mackling for the next couple of days. Will be joining us tomorrow at Santa Lucia Pizza. I can't wait. What are we having on our pizza tomorrow? Patio, what do you like on your pizza? Um, I don't have pizza very often anymore, so I have to think about this. <laughs> I'm usually a meat guy. I like pepperoni. How about pepperoni, salami, extra cheese? That sounds like a good idea. There's, yeah. there's also the uh, there's the Joe Aiello special. Oh, what's on that? I'm just trying to pull, remember what that is. Uh, Let me guess. Ham. I, well, it, it, I know that it has, has, has extra sauce as well. Um, I can't, I'll have to pull up. The, where, where is the menu? Come on. Um, They're celebrating 40 years. Uh, we had, uh, oh, I'm trying to think, Trisha Birch on, on my show on the weekend because, of course, this is their 40th anniversary of that location. And I think they had $6 pizzas on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of this week. Oh, nice. Yeah, and they had a bunch of other stuff going on, so... I told her I was looking forward to being there on uh, Friday with you up on the patio. Yeah, it's going to be, be a lot of fun. It will be fun. And I found it. It's a pizza for charity, pepperoni, side bacon, mushrooms, and extra sauce. Ah. So uh, proceeds from each pizza go to chari- local charities within the community. We can, whatever you want, man. Okay. It's going to be fun having you out on the patio yeah, with a retractable be roof. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we move on to our next story, just want to quickly congratulate Peter Unra, who was able to answer the the second trivia question we had for Chris Jericho for the words of Jericho happening tomorrow night at Club Region Event Center. The question was apparently uh, an ungoogleable question. Which is great because yeah. if people can't get it, they'll just Google it. Yeah. But apparently, yeah, if you, and you were there, so you know. So who did he wrestle here in Winnipeg, his first match in the WWE? It was the big boss man. Ah. No one got it. We had to give a hint, and the hint was he carries a nightstick. Right. And that, while I was reading the while I was reading the news, I'm reading a story, and I go, "Oh, it was a nightstick on a pole match." <laughs> so they tied the nightstick to the top of this pole, yeah. and uh, the, the, to win the match, you had to get the nightstick off of the pole. So the idea was that right. you prevent the yeah. other guy from getting to it. Yeah. And then, of course, Chris Jericho beat the snot out of him with the right. with the nightstick. So anyway, that was... Uh, so congratulations, Peter. It was basically, uh, you had to be there to mm-hmm. get the answer. Yeah. Uh, so now, let's move on to our next story here, Hal. This is incredible. I love this one. We get an email at the station the other day, cjobnews at cjob.com. Hi, 
I'm wondering if your station can help me get in touch with someone by putting a request out on your airways. I'm trying to reach out to a friend I met here in Bristol, England, three weeks ago. Unfortunately, I can't remember her name, but she was over here in Bristol visiting her brother, and we got on very well. I believe she is 31 and may work for the government statistics department. I would very much like to make contact again and stay in touch. So if any of your listeners know of someone who is visiting their brother in Bristol, England in the last few weeks, then I would ask them to let her know that I would like to get in touch. She will hopefully remember my name. It's funny. He says she will remember my name, which is Matt. He doesn't remember her name, but she will remember my name. (laughs) I thank you in advance, Matt, who, by the way, is 39. So how we decided to call Matt and have a chat to find out exactly what it is he's looking to accomplish here. I guess um, I I guess I just want to get back in in contact with her. We had had a good time and um, just become um, uh, like a modern day pen pal, I guess. Facebook buddies, you know, just to stay in contact, learn about. Uh, life in beautiful Canada with a mate, you know. Matt, you forgot her I, name. I know. What's her I name, know. Matt? A name would be helpful. <laughs> there was a lot of alcohol involved. <laughs> I did know at the start of the night. <laughs> well, at least you're honest. How did you meet this woman? Um, well, we. Um, I was invited out in Bristol uh, to a leaving do with uh, um, some old colleagues. Um, and um, we all started drinking um, quite early on, and uh, <laughs> and uh, and then um, one of one of one of our uh, mates is a, a a very outgoing lesbian. <laughs> she bumped into the girls first, the Canadian girls first, and um, and uh, I I thought, oh, Canadian girls, how how cool! So I started talking to them, and um, and we became very good friends quite quite uh, quickly. Um, uh, but yeah, it was, it was it was a good evening. Was it just so? It was just the one night that you encountered this uh, this group of women. Yes, yeah, it was. Yeah. And you're looking for one in particular from Winnipeg. You don't know her name, Matt. We've already pointed that I, out. What do you know about this woman in Winnipeg? You want to try and reconnect with? <laughs> um, I remember well, she, she did tell me a name at the starlight, but I've forgotten because, um, <laughs> as I said, a lot of alcohol involved. Um, but she, I do remember her saying that um, it was a it was a very English name, you know, both Christian and surname. Uh, and I agreed uh, at the time; <laughs> it was a very English name. Um, uh, so yes, yeah, she was thirty-one. I remember her saying she worked for the, um, I think, uh, government statistics department. I think that's in your your city, isn't it? Yeah, probably Somewhere. statistics Canada, maybe. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she had she had um, nice dark hair up in a bun. I remember that. And she was visiting um, her brother, right? Was that part of it that's too? That's right. That's right. Yeah. So her brother's over here. She was visiting her brother uh, with a mate um, in Bristol. So he's over here. Um, and then they were going on to London to to something, hmm. uh, some sort of do. Do you remember what she was wearing? Um, yes, uh, she had, I remember what she was wearing. She had uh, leggings and dark shoes and uh, 
some sort of satchel thing. Uh, must be trendy in Canada. I'm, so, I'm sorry, <laughs> Matt. You have a great memory, except when it comes to names. Apparently, I, you're, you're, you're <laughs> this is crazy. So let me ask you a question: Is this potentially a love connection, or you just really want to reconnect because you want to be friends, or, or are you hoping maybe she's single and interested? <laughs> no, I think I think there's a lot of water between us. Um, there's a big old, big old ocean there. Um, but no, just mates, just, uh, just mates. Um, I think Canada is a beautiful country. It'd be cool to have a, um, a mate that I know, you know, um, and got on well with in, in Canada. I think it'd be cool to, to, to keep in touch really. So, the, so there were no romantic sparks that night? Um, well, there, there were a lot at the time. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to say too much just in case the dad's listening. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! Someone hunting me down. But, well, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, Matt. If we don't find this mystery woman, I like your accent. Yeah. I'll I'll be your friend. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, if you're just looking <laughs> for a cool. friend in Canada, although I suspect there's more there, but you know. Oh uh, well, yeah, yeah. No, you. you no, that's that's cool. <laughs> I, I, I was kind of hoping it would be her, but uh, yeah, you, you, you can be my friend. <laughs> Have you ever done anything like this before, Matt? I mean, you're reaching out to a radio station in a city thousands of, across an ocean to try and track down a woman you met for a few hours one night, and you can't remember her name. I can't even remember her name. I know. What are the Brits like? They're crazy, aren't they? <laughs> uh, <laughs> what was the? What was, just. I just thought, what what an idea! That, that, I give I give the radio station a go. What's the best one? Uh, this one. <laughs> well, you got that right. Yeah. yeah. What's the name of the place that you were drinking at? Um. Oh, there are a few. It was quite a large area of Bristol. Yeah. Okay. You don't have to. You don't have to answer that question. Yeah. Brett and I are both at nodding. We understand completely the kind of night it was. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. It was good fun. It was good fun. And I thought. Well, it'd be really cool to um, see if again get get back in touch and yeah. uh, stay in touch. Okay, so, so let's so let's recap here. Let's recap. We don't have a name. Thirty-one. Okay, not much to go on. But thirty-one. On. She works for government statistics or or something like that. She was in Bristol yeah. visiting her brother. She was going on yeah. to London. Was she there with friends? She was there with one friend. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I ever knew her name. <laughs> so if somebody out there listening goes, "Hey, that sounds like..." Whoever, uh, mm. you, you you hope that they'll uh, get in touch with us so we can pass uh, the name and uh, yeah. info on to you. Yeah, I mean, how many people from Winnipeg have recently come back from Bristol? Uh, not many, I don't think. Well, well, we're going to try to solve this riddle for you, Matt, and uh, hopefully yeah. we'll be in touch with you soon, okay? Okay, brother, that'd be cool. And get this, Hal, after our chat, he emails me and he says, Hey, Brett, something you're also welcome to mention is that we got kicked out of two clubs for being too friendly with each other. Oh, I yeah, remember. There's, this is a love connection. He can <laughs> say whatever he's looking for a mate. Yeah, yeah. he wants love here. And uh, absolutely. He, he also added his memory was jogged. He says her name may have been Helen. <laughs> well, that's even worse, really, when you think about it. <laughs> it might have been Helen. <laughs> Stick with I don't know. <laughs> it might have been Helen. Could have been Helena. Could have been Ellen. Might have been Harold. No, it wouldn't have been Harold. Two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight is our number. We're trying to find 
this woman, or at least somebody who knows this woman, because he makes a good point. Yeah. How many Winnipeggers yeah. were in Bristol three England? weeks ago visiting their brother? Yeah. He says she's 31, yeah. works for the government statistics department, which has to be Statistics Canada. It must be, yeah. And uh, she was in Bristol, England. I mean, the guy's not dumb because he did go to the big 50,000 watt low torch, right? Yep. Which, you know, we're going to get the message out there now. Now, if somebody has been listening and thinks, hey, that might be whoever, call us. Let us know, 204-780-6868. And maybe there are people out there with advice for Matt, right? He's done this to try and find her. What else could he do to try and find her? 204-780-6868 is the number to call. You can also text us at that number and email hal at cjob.com or brett at cjob.com. Have you ever been in a situation like this where you've gone, oh, man, I really liked her. Why didn't I get her name and number? Yes, it happened in Mazatlan in Mexico uh, 12 years ago. And I'll tell you that, actually. Okay. I'll tell you that after we check your forecast. Next, Brett McGarry with Hal Anderson filling in for Greg Mackling. And we just told you the story of Matt Trim, who is from Bristol, England, three weeks ago. A couple of ladies from Winnipeg are over there. He met these women through a friend, and he got on well with one of them. Unfortunately, he can't remember her name because <laughs> a lot of alcohol was consumed. Yes. But... Uh, they, he says they got kicked out of two clubs for being too friendly with each other. So huh. he's looking to reconnect or make a connection with this woman. He says she's 31, and uh, I th- he thinks she works in a government statistics department, and um, he wants to know who she is. So yeah. we're wondering if you know mm. who she is. A couple of funny texts. Or if messages. you have any ideas how he can try and track her down. I mean, he's been pretty smart so far. Yeah, know. he reached out to us. Yeah. Um, Hopefully, and he thinks her name might be Helen. So he, so we got a text here that says, hopefully Helen doesn't have a boyfriend or husband back in Winnipeg because that would be a tough one to explain. We actually got uh, two te- or three texts all along the same lines. Kent says, I sure hope this Winnipeg woman wasn't on vacation from her husband or boyfriend while in England because she's busted now. And then finally Terry says, what if she's attached or married? Good Lord. Yeah. Now, this actually reminds me of a story... Because you asked me if this has ever happened yeah. to me. So when I was, I'm 39 now, when I was 28, we went down to Mazatlan in, I think it was February, and uh, that's in Mexico. And I met a woman from Ottawa. Her name was Christine. And, you know, she, like, we were all, there, there was a, I went with four guys, and we were all talking to her and her friend, and we, right. we got along because we were staying at the same resort, so we were all sort of chumming around, and we would go to the same places together, and and uh, there was one night where we had, I mean, we were on vacation. We we're in our twenties in Mexico, so of course there's going to be a lot of uh, inebriation. Sure. So at one point, um, Christine and I started to get along very well mm. in the elevator, and then uh, we decided that uh, it would be an intelligent thing to to go up to the roof because the door was open leading up to the roof. So we went up to the roof. Very, very romantic as well, yes, Brett. Yes. yes, that's right. And uh, and and we were preparing. Uh, things were things were going to happen on this roof. And then uh, and then she sa- <laughs> she says to me, "I love you." <laughs> and immediately, and I I could I just I couldn't continue. I I just I I kind of yeah. snapped out of it, and I thought. Right. 
I can't do this. Yeah, yeah I, you weren't in love, is what you're telling me. Well, I, I just she clearly was not in her. Yeah. If she's not that in a right drunk, place, yeah, I couldn't go mm-hmm. through with that because I would have felt yeah. like I was taking advantage right. of her. Yes. So I, oh, I, what a gentleman. But well, I started laughing. My reaction was the worst <laughs> thing I could have done, and I started laughing. <laughs> and she naturally, she started hitting me, like not punching me, but she was, you know, kind of slapping yeah. my shoulder. Yeah. And, she was crying, so I had to, she, but she could barely walk. So I had to take her back to her hotel, which was super awkward at this point because she's cursing me up, and I take her back to her hotel room. And uh, the next day, she very sheepishly and embarrassingly said, thanks for getting me back to the hotel room. And, uh, you know, we, we talked after that, but it was kind of awkward. But I wish to this day mm. that I had gotten her phone number or some way to right, contact, to contact her. contact her. Yeah. And I mean, even if I went on Where Facebook, where was she from? Ottawa. Well, let's let's call. We've got stations in <laughs> Ottawa. Let's get on there. Let's let's do this. Yeah, yeah, we're getting a lot of great text messages, by the way, and people are making some great points here. What if she wants nothing to do with him? What if she's? Uh, you've already said this one, Brett. But what if she's taken? What if she's married? Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. I don't know. Now I'm starting to get nervous. What's that? Maybe we opened up Pandora's box. Well, I don't know. You know, I I don't know. I yeah. Let's uh, you know. But why can't you remember her name? That's crazy <laughs> to me. That is just nuts. We got a text here from B Rad who says Brettman. Apparently, I'm a superhero now. <laughs> there is this woman in Selkirk where I live, and she lives. We were pals of mutual friends in high school. I saw her at co-op five years ago. Chatted a little, but said, hey, we're both single. We should get together. And I never saw her again. Mm. Always looking down the store aisles for her. So, oh, that's uh, oh, that's too bad. You bump into somebody and yeah. you think you've made yourself a love connection yeah. and then you can't find them again. Here's another good one. Another great uh, text here. 204-780-6868. Hey, call StatsCan. They're here in Winnipeg. I work their small office. They would probably know who went to Bristol, England recently. Oh, boy. That's actually a great idea. We'll have mm. to try that out. Yeah. Um, we're hoping to hear from Our Lady Peace. We're expecting... They're, they're performing down the hall right now at Power 97. So they're going to come over here. A couple of the members of the band, Rain Maida mm. and Steve Mazur, are, we're hoping that they're going to have time to sneak over here and have a quick chat with us after the 3 o'clock news. Uh, they would have been huge right around when you were doing rock radio. Well, I'm just going to say, yeah, uh, uh, you know, Naveed and, uh, and Clumsy, those would have been, uh, you know, uh, records that we would have played on power. Absolutely, yeah. And, I mean, we should mention that they're here because they are opening for Guns N' Roses tonight, yeah. which I wonder what that's like, you know? I mean, here you are in front of 30,000, 40,000 people, yeah. right? And how many of those people, they aren't really there to see you, mm-hmm. right? I'll, I'll get this out of my system now before the guys from OLP come over here. But it, it'd be kind of weird because that's a big deal. Man, we're opening for Guns N' Roses, all these people, but a lot of them are waiting to see the other band, right? Yeah. So that would be a weird uh, dynamic as a, as an artist, I think. But I did see one per- at least one person on Facebook posted yesterday, I'm going to GNR tomorrow, that's cool, but I'm even more excited for yeah. Our Lady Peace. They are a great band. And Phil, 
uh, Phil Aubrey from Power 97, who we had on earlier, said that. He said, you know, we were kind of thinking, where are we going to go for a couple of bevies ahead of time? And they said, hey, well, let's just go early in. We'll watch Our Lady Peace. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. they're going to put on a good show. Mm-hmm. Oh, and by the way, in case anybody's tuning in wondering where Carolyn Clausen is this half hour, she's just taking a week off. She'll be back next Thursday at 2.30. And we have Dr. Cyrus in for his regular Friday 2.30 visit tomorrow. The truth is I had too many problems, and she didn't want to deal with them all in one week. <laughs> She's like, I can't handle this guy's problem. <laughs> Global News is coming up next. Brett McGarry with Hal Anderson filling in for Greg Mackling for the next couple of days. Just got to tell you that there's a crash, gravel truck, rear-ended a half ton on northbound Route 90, just north of Taylor in the median lane, right where it goes down to two lanes. Once again, gravel truck, rear-ended a half ton on northbound Route 90, just north of Taylor in the median lane, right where it goes down to two lanes. I'm, I'm shocked, Hal. There's a, something happening on Route 90 as we head into yeah. the afternoon drive. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> and uh, Be careful out there. Louise Bridge also closed for this afternoon. Getting a couple of text messages about this Matt story. It's captured yeah. the imagination of some people. It has, and it's interesting, too, some of the conversations, you know, some things that I didn't really think about when we were talking to him that really, you know, we, we should, somebody mentioned that uh, there's also a provincial office of vital statistics. Yeah. Uh this if you're just tuning in we should explain Matt is in Bristol, England. He got a hold of us and said help me find her. I don't know her name, but help me find her. We really hit it off. I'd like to, you know, stay in touch. Apparently she was in Bristol a few weeks ago visiting her brother. And yeah, so he got a hold of us and we're uh, trying to get it out there. Um here's uh, one Hal uh and Brett I had the same regret as the gentleman searching for the woman last November on my way home from LA I met a young man coming over from Australia to live in BC I regret not sharing my contact info with him you should always go for it right like yeah. you know at that time you think boy this seems like kind of a cool person maybe I'm you know might be interested in getting to know this person just go here's my card yeah right leave it with them then they can call you or whatever they don't have to but at least you gave it a shot, right? Because they might be thinking the same thing about you, and if you don't do anything about it, who knows? That might have been your soulmate. Yeah, for sure. Right? I can't tell you how many. Just never mind people uh, that you cross paths with from from other places. Just yeah. in Winnipeg alone, right? The number of of girls and and women that I have over the years, from when yeah. I was right through, from when I was a teenager up until mm. now, that I have thought of, like uh, sort of uh, admired from afar mm-hmm. and done nothing about it? Ugh. I've actually, I've, I've used radio as an excuse to do it. <laughs> but I have actually phoned old uh, girls that I was interested in yep. as kind of a gag, sort of like, hey, Marina, remember Hal Anderson? And, you know, as a radio bit. But in reality, I'm like, what? I wasn't good enough? <laughs> What? What? You know, I'm the 34th greatest Canadian now. Look what you missed out. <laughs> Look what you missed out on. Actually, one of the te- one of the texts is along those lines. Alex texted us at 204-780-6868 regarding Matt's conversation with us. And he says, does that guy from Bristol know he was talking to one of the most famous men in Canada? Oh, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Brett McGarry. He well, oh, he, yeah. he knew all about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I think you, you got to go for it. You never know. It's like, here's the thing. It's like my wife, who is, you know my wife. You worked with my wife at Taco Bell back in the day. My wife is stunningly beautiful. She has an amazing heart. I can't believe I'm married to her. And you know what? She liked me right from the get-go, and I had no idea. 
I had no idea. Like, why would she be interested in me? But she was. And, you know, so, yeah, you've always got to go for it. Don't be afraid. Just I, I, I had really good-looking friends yep. that used to hang out with me, and a lot of them hung out with me because they were nervous, even though they were great-looking guys. They were nervous to talk to women, and I was always like, hey, you know, how's it going? Yeah. And I was kind of the icebreaker, right? They'd send me in, and then they'd swoop <laughs> in, and, you know, I'd go home alone. and Aww. Yeah, that's always the way it was for me. Well, you won out. I can I can vouch for Hal. He's not just no, she's... not just saying this because he's married to her. Jackie is yeah, gorgeous. She, is. she was always our, she was always her favorite at yeah. Taco Bell. Well, she speaks very highly of you and the and the fight. What were the fights you guys used to have uh, back in the day? Didn't you fill? Uh, was it uh, oh sour cream gun fights or something oh, back the, at Taco Bell? Yeah, right? we used to we used to because the way that the yeah the sour cream gun it was just this plastic shell where uh, you can pop the the, the lid out, or, and uh, we would fill it up with dishwater and just <laughs> shoot yeah. uh, water at each other. So right. is that our lady piece out I think, there? I think our uh, bring them in. Come on, yeah, it's it's live radio. Don't worry about it. Come on in. It's live radio. Hello, Kristen oh Moran. Hello. Look at this. Welcome. Hey, nice Hi, to see man. you. Grab Come. a seat. Grab a seat. Look at this. Rock stars on the show today. My goodness. Rain oh made up from us. Our Lady Peace. Nice to cold see you, man. In here. Yeah, it is cold. What's yeah. Up? You guys trying to stay young in here? <laughs> Cryogenic radio. <laughs> hey, I know you're uh, really in a hurry here, so thanks for taking a few minutes. But when we got the email that you guys were going to be just down the hall, we said, well, come on, we got to try and get them on the show. Coming to Winnipeg, though, this must be like coming home for you in a way, right? I just had lunch with my uh, in-laws. Yeah, great yeah. people. I sold many hot tubs. Oh, did you for, really? For the, yeah, yes. In fact, I talked when I talked to Chantel a few years ago. I pointed out to her that I paid for a lot of her piano lessons. Oh, there you go. By selling a lot of hot tubs for Krevko back in the day. Love they, it. They, are, they are wonderful people. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. You really married into a great family. I did. There. So they bought lunch. There you there go. You go right? <laughs> yeah. I'll ask one question and then I'll let Brett uh, ask. But uh, of course, I played OLP on Power 97 back in the day here, back in 96 with BJ in the morning show and it. then Wheeler. And, you know, so I, I obviously know your music well. I was asking out loud on the air a moment ago, what's it like for you doing a gig like tonight where you've got, you know, tens of thousands of people there? And a lot of them are there to see the band coming up after you. I mean, you've got a lot of oh. lot of OLP fans, but that must be a weird dynamic, though, eh? Yeah, I, I um, I've been really surprised. It's it's gone really well. I've, yeah, and I think I think it's in a weird way we have to. I, people probably know us. Who are they? Know our name? Or they heard the music? They know but, the music for but sure. Probably a lot of those people because Guns N' Roses was like the generation before us. Maybe haven't seen us. So I feel like over the course of like the 45 minutes that we play, I think we kind of earn the respect, which is which point. is really cool. Yeah. And I think because um, usually it's pretty easy when we go on stage at our own shows yeah. at this point in our career. So this is uh, I like it. I really like the ability. It's kind of like we go out there with a bit of a battle mindset and, and we got to earn it, which is cool. How many shows have you done so far? Two, Holmes? only two. Yeah. And what so is the reaction like from the it's crowd? Been, I've been blown away. Like by the end of the show, it's if. It's not our show, but you can feel the love, and that's mm. all we're, we're looking for. Yeah. Must be cool, though, to say we're opening up for Guns N' Roses. Yeah, for sure. When, I we, mean, when, we, when Naveed came out, we did 55 dates with Van Halen in the U.S., and that was like the crowd just stood up with the middle finger for us the whole time. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, yeah. That's what sure, I mean. Yeah. Like, I just can't imagine oh, what that's real. like. Yeah, eh? but, I mean, 
I think that made us a good band. Mm. I think without that experience and that kind of humility, we might not be who we are today. So, I, I mean, it's a long time in between, but the Guns N' Roses thing, it's it's really no big deal for us. We just kind of do what we do. But again, I, I like that. I like the fact that we have to go out there and earn it. Yeah. Hey, we didn't get a chance to play uh, the latest single. Uh, for Can we play a bit of that, uh, Brett? It's right there. It's uh, Drop oh. Me in the Water? Yeah, I've got yeah. it. Uh, where, did, where did we put it? Sorry. Oh, here it is. Okay. Put on repeat. I'll stay for next time. Really great uh, stuff. I mean, you guys sound. I, mean, I can't believe it's 20 years now since Clumsy, right? Yeah, that's, that's crazy. It is nuts. Can you corroborate a story for me? I, I don't don't remember a whole lot of details, which leads me to believe I maybe was one of the offending uh, parties. But you guys did a show here at the University of Manitoba at the multi-purpose room right around the time that Clumsy came out. Oof. And Chantal, I believe, was the opening oh, act. Oh, that's right. Okay, now I remember. And I think that because it's at the U of M, so there were you know a lot of young, drunk hooligans in the crowd. And did I, I think, fight somebody? I, no, I think, that, I think Chantal <laughs> just wasn't being respected by the crowd right so your drummer yeah. apparently came out and oh, told really? everyone to stop being young drunk idiots do you yeah. remember any of this i i remember i remember i was very nervous about that show um just because it's like it's a rock show and i know they were at that point man it got bananas in those rooms you know it was crazy and to have someone come out and whether it was my wife or not like play on a piano right <laughs> not a probably yeah. smart idea but we did it. And, it was yeah. a great, I mean, you guys put on yeah. a great show. Uh, and I, I know you got to go. I'll just ask you one more question. Uh, you got the, honestly, the coolest voice, I think, with the craziest range that I've ever heard. But I always wondered, do people ever come up to you and say, hey, I got a great impression of your voice when you hit those high notes and just, <laughs> and make you listen to them? Or? Uh, and make me listen? No, I've, but I've had, you know, I think um, I've, people send you clips, especially with YouTube now. It's like cover bands that, that do us. And yeah, yeah people kill it. Even better than me, which sucks. Oh. <laughs> Modest after yes. all these years. Rain, Rain thanks a lot, man. Yeah, Re thanks really for having me, guys. Really appreciate dropping by. Yeah, Good luck pleasure. tonight. Enjoy. Anytime. And, and you get, you guys are like, you're going till November now, right? Yeah, we're yeah, it's busy now. Wow. I know. Yeah. That's good. We're back. Well, we're back. Play safe out there on the road. Thank you. Where's Thank the new you. album out, by the way? The first, it came in two volumes, so the first volume drops tomorrow. Unless you're on our pledge campaign, which it came today. Yeah, and check out the pledge campaign, too. It's pretty too, cool, right? yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. very cool. Those guys are really good friends of ours at Pledge in New York, and they do a great job. So, And then the second part of the volume comes when the U.S. tour starts in the fall. Great. Rain made yeah. it with Our Lady Peace, opening up tonight for Guns and Roses at Investors Group Field. Thanks a lot, Rain. We appreciate the Thanks, visit. Thanks, fellas. Thank you. Well, look at traffic and weather next. That was neat. That was cool. You know what? I'll tell you, I have been so lucky in my career to meet a lot of people who are Big stars. And yep. that's a big Canadian rock star right there, Rain Maida. Yeah. And just really cool people. I can count on one hand, and I don't even use that many fingers on one hand, the number of times where I've been disappointed. Mm -hmm. You know, you meet somebody and you go, oh, that sucks. Like, why are they a jerk, you know, or whatever, right? Yeah. But no, just uh, – and again, like you pointed out, you know, that was the music. I, when I started on Power 97, that's the stuff we were playing, right? OLP and – yeah, oh, so yeah, it's I very was. Uh, cool. I remember buying Navid. I think I actually bought that from 
Future Shop yep. on uh, Lajamodier when that was a thing. I remember taking the bus down there from then walking over from Regent because I was super excited to buy the yep. CD and I made sure to listen to it beforehand. Now, do you miss that? Do you miss buying a CD and being excited about a CD like that? Because look, like there's an example, right? Like when you like there, I think he said tomorrow the 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 part of the album streams, right? Yeah. Like now you go to YouTube. Yep. Right? Or you go, uh, you know, you uh, stream it or whatever. Do you miss? Because I know a lot of people that I talk to miss CDs because they can't pull out the liner notes anymore, I you know. know, and go, oh, okay, cool. And, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I, I... I'm with you, and yeah. I, I think we'll have to revisit this. Okay. But we do yeah, got a pause for, 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 uh, for weather and sports coming up next. Brett McGarry with Hal Anderson filling in for Greg Mack. When does the pizza get here? I'm hungry. <laughs> oh, that's tomorrow. Sorry, never mind. Santa Lucia Patio Palooza resumes tomorrow. <laughs> I think it's actually our last visit, Hal, so oh. you get the anchor leg. Well, then we're going to have to eat whatever we can. Yeah. I'm Take gonna... no prisoners tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great idea. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to participate in that. But in the meantime... Participants and basketballs are needed for an event we want to tell you about now. It's the third annual 100 Basketballs event, and this has to do with Big Brothers Big Sisters of Winnipeg. So to tell us about it, we are joined by Leonard Monkman, who is a volunteer with this event. Leonard, thanks for joining us today on 680 CJOB. Uh, thank you for having me. So this is, what is the 100 Basketballs event? So the 100 basketball event is just really a chance to get kids uh, interested in sports. Um, I grew up in Winnipeg North End, and playing basketball really helps you uh, keep me away from trouble. And so we've done it twice in the North End, rounded once at Turtle Island Community Center last year. And this year we're going to the West End. It's going to be happening at uh, Magnus Iliason Center. Uh, sorry, Leonard, I'm wondering if maybe you can just uh, tilt your phone a little bit. We're having a hard time hearing you, and I think your cell phone's just cutting out a touch. Um, this is Where is this event happening? Uh, happening at the Magnus Eliasson Rec Center. Oh, that's much better. We can hear you loud and clear now, buddy. Thank you. Okay. Uh, so that's happening. That's at 430 Langside. Um, so you say that uh, this is an, import, an important event for, for you because it kept you uh, active when you were younger. Is that what you were saying? Yeah, I was saying it kept me out of trouble uh, growing up in our There's so many different things that uh, can get you into trouble. And so basketball for me, uh, seven days a week, every single day on the basketball court, after school, in school. So it's really the goal is to keep kids out of trouble using basketball. And hopefully if, if, you know, if you've got at least 10 kids that pick up a basketball, they're going full throttle at it. Um, that's going to be a reflection on our communities. Yeah, we're still not uh, getting a, a great uh, connection here on the phone, but we'll we'll plow through this a little bit uh, longer here, Leonard. The thing that I uh, realize about basketball, an event like this is, you know, a lot of these kids don't have a ton of money. They can't afford a bunch of sports equipment. The great thing about basketball is really what you need is a basketball to play the sport, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, it's, it's really like the only sport in Winnipeg you can play it seven days a week. Um, all we really need is a basketball. There's a lot of kids, uh, you know, Sometimes people overlook the fact that, uh, you know, a basketball is cheap, but then a lot of kids don't necessarily have the, the, the money to afford that. So what we're doing is we're just going to give uh, things away for free. Um, so far, we have about 100 basketballs so far, um, but we're expecting at least 200 kids on Sunday. So we're trying to see if we can get some last-minute donations happening. 
So this is happening August 27th. So that is uh, that is this upcoming Sunday, once again, at uh, Magnus Eliasson Rec Center at 430 Langside. How many basketballs did you raise last year? Uh, last year, we were able to get 300 basketballs. And the year previously, we were able to get 300. So we've got just over 100 so far to date. Um, if anyone is does have basketballs, they can drop them off at uh, Big Brothers and Sisters program at 532 Ellis between 9 to 5 tomorrow. Okay, yeah. so just a, so just a basketball, somebody's got an extra one kicking around or an old one, the kids have moved on, you'll take it, eh? Yes, for sure. If not, if you can't make it Friday, you feel free to drop by on Sunday. Uh, we're going to be having an all-star game between uh, Indigenous people and newcomers. It's a way of building the bridges between the two communities. Um, there's going to be hot dogs, halal, there'll be music, there'll be a little basketball tournament. It's, this is really uh, an opportunity to bring different cultures together through sport. That's very cool. That This is a great idea. So, And you find it's effective. You've done this several years now. You find that it really does make a difference, eh? I would say so, yeah. We've definitely throughout the year, we've seen people like uh, younger, younger Indigenous youth, younger newcomer youth walking around with those specific basketballs. Um, it's great. The basket, the game, the game itself is growing in Winnipeg, and 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 I think that uh, we're, we're going to start producing more uh, more high caliber talent too. What kind of trouble do you think you might have gotten in when you were younger, had it not been for basketball? I mean, there's really so many different things that uh, that are available to to youth inside the inner city, right? There's there's gangs, there's drugs, there's alcohol, violence. Um, all of these other different things, but uh, you know, for for me personally, I, I like to say that basketball was a shield for me from from all of those other different things like gangs. Um, you know, walking down the street with a basketball, you're less likely to uh, you know get jumped for for being uh, gang affiliate. These these people will say, you know what, that kid's a, that kid plays sports. Um, so that's that's one of the examples that I like to use. Um, it really, it, for me personally, the sport was was really a, a way to sort of. Uh, leave everything else out in my life. Whenever I was going through personal problems, I would always be able to go to the basketball court and and, and get rid of those problems. That's interesting. Wow, that's yeah. That uh, I can see where that would uh, would maybe uh, be the case. So, I, I mean, I guess essentially you're trying to keep these kids busy so that they can't uh, be tempted by those negative things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's also just it's, it's a love for the game. Um, I coached at the uh, Spence Neighborhood Association a couple of years ago. And it, there's there's different cultures that are coming together through basketball. There's so many different leadership leadership skills that people can learn from playing uh, team sports. Uh, you know, leadership skills plus team skills plus uh, competitiveness. Um, and it's just a fun way of staying healthy. It's a good way to uh, get off the couch, get off of uh, social media, and, and get onto the courts. Well, and you raised an interesting point about being able to, to just sort of leave everything behind. I mean, I, I'm now having memories of being in junior high and high school where whatever problems I was dealing with or whatever stresses I was faced with, that would all kind of wash away when you went out onto the basketball court. Yeah, for sure. There's, You know what, honestly, uh, basketball has been the one thing for me. I feel like it saved my life a couple of times. Um, going through all different hardships and stuff like that. Like I've always been able to resort to basketball whenever I needed a, a, a break from life. And uh, for, for me, uh, I'm, I'm getting ready to go back into the league this year. Basketball uh, is, is getting ready to start up. So for me, it's just getting back into shape and having something other to uh, something else to do other than being busy. What kind of league do you participate in? Uh, it's, a, it's a men's league at the University of Winnipeg, so it's not super competitive but it's competitive enough competitive enough for me to uh want to to get better at it 
What position do you play? I play point guard. Oh, you're the leader. I'm the leader. <laughs> well, Leonard, hey, you're uh, showing some great leadership as well with this event. Uh, for th- sure, yeah. Thanks for taking some time to tell us about it. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you very much. If anyone can drop off a basketball at Big Brothers and Sisters program tomorrow, you got 9 to 5. If not, drop by on Sunday and we'll take a basketball from you. All right. Once again, this is happening August 27th. It's the third edition of the 100 Basketballs event set to take place at Merck at Magnus Eliasson Rec Center at 430 Langside. And once again, if you want to drop off a basketball, you can drop it off at Big Brothers Big Sisters of Winnipeg uh, or a number of uh, drop-off spots can be found at uh, on the AO and BBBS websites. If you just want... if you. Want more information, just shoot me an email, brett at cjob.com, and I'll tell you how you can do it. Last year, they raised 330 basketballs, and they're hoping to raise even more this year. I'm going to pause and take a look at traffic and weather coming up next. Normally, this is where we welcome Richard Clute and Julie Buckingham to tee up the news, but there is no yeah. news this afternoon because the pregame show starts at 4 o'clock, two-and-a-half-hour pregame show for the Excellent. Winnipeg Blue Bombers yep. getting ready for Montreal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but while we have a second here, Hal, I just got to quickly mention this. There is something. There's an event happening on uh, Monday at the Grove Pub and Restaurant at 164 Stafford, which I'm excited about and and quite, quite frankly flattered and honored um, because I went to see uh, my friends over at Torque Brewing a couple weeks ago to yeah. to stock up on some supplies for the the Laker Classic. <laughs> yes, uh, and I, I needed some some witty Belgian. And they inv- they actually asked me to be a judge in this contest that oh, cool. they're having on Monday. It's and what called- are you judging? It's called the Battle of the Wits, or the Battle of the Wheats, depending on how you pronounce it. It's Torque Brewing Company uh, versus Barnhammer Brewing Company, and they're putting their their Belgian beers. So uh, Torque has the Witty Belgian, and Barnhammer has Le Sneak Belgique. So they're putting them head-to-head, hmm. and I'm going to be one of the judges to Very determine cool. which is the, the better one. So the event starts at 4 o'clock. It goes until 11 o'clock. I, I don't think I have to be there until 6 I hope I don't have to be there until 6, because <laughs> if it's at 4 o'clock, I'm going to have a bit of a problem. So, yeah, just pop on by to the Grove and say hi if you want on Monday. I'll be uh, judging. They're both delicious beers. So. Yeah. Cool. Are you a beer guy? I'm not a big beer guy, uh, although I do appreciate a nice beer on a cold a cold beer on a hot day. Yeah. And speaking of pizza, actually, you know what I learned recently? Mm. I don't I don't normally like stout beer. Like, uh, it's just that thick, kind of yeah. heavy I, I've never cared for it, but I, I learned that they go well with pizza ah. because I was on a tasting tour at Peg Beer Company, and uh, they served us flatbread pizza, and they we got a flight of different beers, so I tried the stout, and I thought, wow, this goes really well with pizza. Mm. So I, I feel like I, I mentioned earlier I'm an uncultured lout, so I think that there's, uh, there's some culture to be learned as far as pairing I don't know anything we, about pairing wine with We may have to pair a, a stout with a, a Santa Lucia pizza tomorrow, maybe. <laughs> See what's on the menu. Uh-huh. I can't remember. Yeah. Normally, I just have, uh, if I have anything there at the end of the show, it's a Hogarden I'd like to have. So um, so tomorrow, we are we have two. We didn't do it. We didn't do it today. The Rick Springfield tickets. So we have extra tomorrow, right? You know what? We, we forgot to do it yesterday. Uh-oh. So let's do it. Let's do it right now. Okay. Okay, we got. We're gonna give away some Rick Springfield tickets. I'm just gonna play some Rick Springfield music here. Oh, good. Now he was a heartthrob in the day, eh? Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. All the girls liked Rick. Um, the question for today: He's playing, by the way, Wednesday, August 30th at Burton Cummings Theater. So next week. 
Before Rick Springfield made it big on the charts and on television in North America, we mentioned he was on General Hospital as Dr. Noah Drake. Mm -hmm. He was a teen pop star in his native Australia. What was the name of his first successful band? You have three choices. A, Zoot. B, Comic Book Heroes. Or C, The Boogaloos. 204-780-6868. Yes, this is a legit question. I didn't just make this up. I'm going to guess the Boogaloos, but I don't know. I have no idea, so don't go with me. 204-780-6868. Savannah's got the answer. She can take that in master control. That's all the time we have. Al Anderson, this is fun. It was fun. I can't wait till tomorrow. See you on the pizza. patio. Promise me pizza tomorrow, though, right? Oh, yes. Okay. Santa Lucia P- Patio Palooza resumes Yay. tomorrow. See 104. Ya. Have a great day. All right.